You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. This is Annie for Showreel on your 3CR community radio station. We look at uh, the Australian film industry and other sort of moving image creations made locally and today I am going to feature a film called The Rooster. It is, um, it's been uh, made by, the director is Mark Leonard Winter and I got to speak to Mark. He's normally an actor but he's now a writer-director and uh, this is a really uh, fantastic film I'll have to say. It's a two-hander. The uh, main actors are Hugo Weaving, who plays a volatile uh, hermit living in the bush, and Phoenix Ray, who's a small town cop who reads poetry, um, and uh, he there's, they're ably supported by a fantastic array of uh, actors. It particularly mentioned it, uh, it's uh, should be mentioned Reese Mitchell, who plays this fantastic character that uh, opens up the uh, doors of the film to its emotional uh, beginning and readiness for the characters. But anyway, let's go first to hear from Mark Leonard, Winter the writer. Uh, You should put in your diary that it's uh, being um, uh, opening in some theatres across Australia on the 22nd of February, Thursday, but there's going to be a Q&A with the writer-director at the Lido Cinemas at 6.30pm on the 22nd of February. It's really worth it. It's also going to be shown in Geelong, but I'll give you the um, details of all that later on. Thank you very much for talking to me today. It's a fascinating film. Let's start off with the fact that uh, you have gone from being a you know fairly accomplished actor to now being a writer-director. This is a really big uh, deal. Yeah, it was a big step, um, but somehow kind of felt a little organic as well. My my background is uh, sort of in making lots of theatre. So I, I, I sort of formed a few theatre groups, you know, uh, with friends um, as I left university and we made a lot of work and then, uh, you know, which was fantastic. And then I sort of moved into more straight, sort of acting, I guess, and then um, sort of felt, well, it might be time to put myself out there in a different way. Um, there's a, 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 you know, they, 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 there's a poem from Seamus Heaney, um, and it's sort of 
something along the lines of you've listened long enough now strike your note and i thought that's a little akin to acting you know they sort of say acting's about listening and and that um you know it might be time to put myself out there and sort of be brave with a, a new chapter of my work um and i thought look it might be this something that you only do once but at least you won't be that guy who really wants years it. down the line going like oh i had one in me man i had one in me yeah i was a contender <laughs> you know, that's right i could have been there yeah. um, so look that's sort of that's sort of where that step came from and and i guess secondly there was something that i really wanted to address um there was a as you know sort of uh if you'll forgive me for just rambling for a minute no but, i would like um, you to because i there's oh. it touches on a variety of the things i want to know about okay great well yeah sort of a, a few years ago i i just sort of really lost myself in 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 a in a in a sort of battle with my own brain and it was so scary and and so strange and when you're lost in that place you're sort of no longer you the world around you is not really real anymore and you know it and it's incredibly difficult to talk about to discuss what's happening to comprehend what's happening the sort of conflicting feelings inside you of sort of shame and a self-hatred and and a feeling that you do not deserve to uh get better or that you don't feel like um you don't want to or, burden or even what better is what does exactly you, yeah yeah and, and you don't want to burden those around you with the complexity of your inner world and and you know and i sort of i don't think it's uncommon for australians you know i think a lot of australians deal with this men and women but i think men have a particularly difficult time talking about it and trying to find a way to give voice to what those feelings are and it is such if and many aren't if you're fortunate enough to sort of emerge through the other side of that and look back on it it is as if it never happened and it is such a meaningless time <laughs> in your life it's so strange it sort of robs you of something um but from there i sort of had these sort of thoughts of like well i would like to create something that could give a voice to what that experience was and to at best maybe try to create something of some meaning in what was a in what was in my perception a meaningless time and you know separate to that it's all very well and good to sort of say like oh well I'd like to make a film yeah um, that's true <laughs> uh, and you're always trying to ask yourself along the line because they're so hard to make and they take so long to make and you're always trying to work out will this be of any meaning or of any 
would anyone else enjoy this aside from my mum? <laughs> uh, or will it be important for anyone else, you know, aside from the people that sort of love you? But it's also and, a, a co collaborative effort. And because this film is such a, a deep and visceral journey into the consciousness of the players, you must have had them on board. Your actors had to be on board. Yeah, well, well, the, the movie would not exist without you. Uh, it, so I, you know, uh, just harking back a second, you know, after sort of going like, okay, I'm going to commit to writing something. And I did. And I wrote uh, the first draft and, and I wrote a role for, for Hugo. And I sort of very nervously sent that to him and, and to my shock, he was really warm and really encouraging. He's a and really so to, generous spirit, isn't he? Oh, he's extraordinary. And I look up to him on just so many levels. Uh, to me, I think he's an Australian icon of, you know, not only of his, you know, extraordinary talent, but his genuine belief in Australian work and the importance of the Australian voice. And I think a lot of people say that whilst they're sort of half looking over their shoulder at America, kind of, you know, but I think he actually genuinely believes that and is genuinely passionate and um, uh, th th sees it as a, as a mission, you know. Um, so I sent him a draft. He was like, all right, man, keep going, keep going. So I kept writing a new draft, a new draft. So he was on board from the beginning. And the movie would not exist without him. So we shot this. Well, sorry, when I say he was on board, he, he was who I was dreaming of from the beginning. Um, when it came time to sort of go like, this might be the, the draft. What do you think? He was like, okay, I'll, I'll come and do it. <laughs> we shot this film at my house with my wife producing. We had breakfast and lunch every day in my garage. <laughs> That's how we put this thing together. So it's an independent film and, you know, they're very hard to get together. And, you know, so separate from what Hugo lent the movie, you know, from his just incredibly beautiful, raw, amazing performance um he made he lent the film his name and gave it some legitimacy so people who you're trying to approach for crew and 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 other cast they go like is hugo really going to come and do this and you say like yeah yeah i, I think he is i hope he is <laughs> and then you're just praying that this hugo will show up and, and he certainly did uh so yeah, and Phoenix came into the picture a little later than that, but the, the work that those two guys did together um, in developing that friendship and that trust and that vulnerability and that humour uh, was just exquisite to watch. And I also think, too, the space that Phoenix opened up for Hugo, you know, to, to As take... An actor? As an actor, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so gracious and quietly sort of self-confident 
in a really beautiful way. It's also uh, uh, probably paralleling the story in terms of instead of the personalities, yeah, and the need. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just Mm. I just think the dynamic that ends up coming is so amazing because you've sort of got a hurricane on Mm. one side of the camera, and then you've got this guy who's containing this entire universe just in his eyes, you know, and I just find that dynamic so beautiful and special and tender what they managed to craft together. Um, And look, you know, it it was written into the scripts that a sort of friendship develops a sort of, you know, yeah, well, they're... writing that in the in in a sentence, and then for it to actually happen, like rubbing Stiltskin spinning story to go exactly, and then watching what it actually became, and the weight that it actually took on, uh, and the way that that actually becomes what the film is about in a way, um, you know, was just due to the strength of their work. Um, so yeah, it's. They were very much on board and they were very special to work with, the two of them. And, yeah, we were sort of just out there in the middle of the bush together uh, making this mad thing. And yeah, The table tennis table was a, a stroke of genius. Where did that come from? Well, a few things. I just had this image in my mind of... of table tennis and the the incongruity of that amongst the Australian bush. And then I was trying to sort of think about, you know, what does, like, how does Hugo's character pass the time? By himself, yeah. Exactly. And and if that's his meditation, if that's how he makes it through a day, you know, you just keep something in motion. Um, and I was very struck too by, you know, like at sort of like a, a men's sheds or something like that where they're encouraging men to communicate. The first thing they do is is set a task, make a bench, sand that chair down. It, it's impossible for somebody, even in when they're in need, if someone says like, what's happening inside you? Or, you, know, you just can't. Tell me about yeah. your feelings. You can't. Yeah. You can't talk in that way. They they sort of similarly say it with teenagers. They say if you're sensing oh, no. something's happening, get in the car and drive. You know because you're not Par- parallel walking. You're... Parallel exactly. Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that all that sort of stuff. So, so I wanted a sort of something that could give them something else to do, uh, and you know I saw that sort of those two men are in such a crisis and without any ability to change the circumstances of their life and their feelings. Uh, And they sort of just have to wait for either life or death to take them, you know, life to take them back or death to take them to a new place. And, And so... The table tennis just sort of became sort of like, this is what we'll do whilst we're whilst we 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 wait for that. So it became a sort of purgatory type limbo type yeah. space. It, it, uh, it, it takes it, on a poetic space. And, yeah, you know, it, it's a more active yeah. version of waiting for Godot in a sense. You're saying it, 
Exactly, exactly. It's, yeah. it's what you're doing to pass the time. But it also gives the ability for them, because they're not there to talk about their feelings, for those things to sort of slowly unfold because they, they're not concentrating on that. My name's Molly Reynolds and I make documentaries like Another Country and I support 3CR because it is a radio station that once you start listening to, you can't stop. And you're with Annie on Showreel, and we're talking to Mark Leonard Winter, who has written and directed the film The Rooster. It's going to be on at the Lido uh, on the 22nd of February. There's going to be a Q&A, 6.30pm. That's a Thursday at the Lido. It's also going to be at Geelong, uh, Friday the 23rd February. There's going to be a Q&A, 7pm at the Piv- <laughs> Pivotonian Cinema. Geelong. And uh, let's hear the last part of this a rather amazing um, conversation about quite an amazing film, The Rooster. And the uh, people they're talking about um, are uh, uh, um, Hugo Weaving, of course, and uh, Phoenix Ray, who are the uh, main protagonists in the film. Uh, but there are other really quite extraordinary actors backing them up. Um, I lived in the bush once uh, for about six years, and so all these <laughs> things about the bush and the uh, hut, I love the hut because it's so real, right? Like that's how I, I know that yeah. hut. Um, and I could smell the smell. I could smell the place and I could hear it. I could hear yeah. it as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's really important in this film. Um, and the kookiness of that table tennis table is exactly like living in the bush. Um, yeah. There's a whole lot of things like them going into the town and that sequence. There's two sequences in the film that actually made me almost, I, I almost fell out of my chair. Like I almost jumped out of my chair or talked aloud to the screen. One was when the boy was just about to take yeah. his clothes off. Because, uh, I mean, taking your clothes off season is that extreme, really. But it was. It was like, my God, don't do it. Yeah. You know, like, because he's in a country town. And, you know, yeah. like, it was just horrendous. It was just a horrendous yeah. feeling. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. And then, of course, that beautiful piece that you have where the man is speaking, but about when he was a kid. You do this thing where you make it move. The uh, editing is just beautiful you did this beautiful thing in that sequence. when he's on the walkie-talkie no that's different no when he's talking about when he's a kid and the oh, priest oh yes 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 sorry hugo's big sort of reveal about his childhood yeah and we sort of that well, edit yeah the camera the camera work that i did with uh craig barden who shot the film was sort of for most part fairly composed yeah. Uh, and fairly static. And then for some things, we sort of, we actually shot that on a little handheld oh, uh, camera, a little Sony. And I sort of just asked Hugo. So we had the bulk of the scene shot. You know, we had his sort of version. And then I just sort of said, like, Hugh, we're just going to drift around you with this and just explore it without any need to feel like you need to communicate the, you know, the, the, the story, because we've got the story. And then we found that we could sort of use it. And so we sort of are entering in his perspective of his memory and these little jumps and he's back in that and then the laughing, but he's not laughing. And it's yeah, fantastic. it sort of became, yeah, I found that really moving as well. Um, and it was a fantastic I, piece it, of uh, editing and oh, 
Yeah, yeah, and just a beautiful uh, performance as well through that. Just oh yeah, yeah, the amazing little sequence. Yeah, a fantastic piece of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah, yeah, really, oh. really good. Really, 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 really. Ah, good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I go and see this film just for that sequence. It was just oh, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's great. I'm so pleased to hear that. Classic, uh, uh, really quite incredible. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot of things I, I, I started to wanted to. Uh, there's a whole lot of themes running in, and I don't know if you did it in your writing or if it came in the filmmaking. But it seems to me that it's very writerly in a sense because it's um, things are not what they seem. Nobody is what they seem. And then there's this thing about um, uh, conventions and unconventions. Uh, things being conventional and things being unconventional and put side by side, which happens when you're in the country and in the bush, and we yeah. see that we see them as people, and then we sometimes see them as other people see them. That's really great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I don't quite know how to sort of how explain to sort of that, answer but... that. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but you did but intend there, it, but... didn't you? Yeah, and there is a sense of. You know, like it is not, it's naturalistic, but it's not naturalism. Um, and I was not trying, I was trying to sort of open up a slightly heightened poetic space all the time um, with it. I wasn't sort of going for kind of, you know, sort of, yeah, straight reality naturalism kind of thing. And And it's two men slowly losing their minds in the bush dealing with feelings and thoughts that they have no ability to comprehend um, and the way that that sort of twists them. And um, and so, yeah, there is a sort of slight sense, you know, like there is a sense of theatricality to it in a way, and, and I'm, I really like that. And it's a two-hander, really, so you sort of are in a sort of, you know, talking kind of zone for certain sections, although it is very imagistic. Um, but then, yeah, I guess too, sort of for me, just reflecting on what you're saying, like, and again, back to the sort of ping pong table in a sense, I was sort of trying to find these, the, the, you know, sort of bring the natural world into it in quite a big way as well, like a, a little like King Lear or something like that, where, you know, you've got these two tiny figures playing ping pong with their problems in the immensity of the Australian bush. And, you know, at first, you know, that that is very, it's a very foreboding place. And, you know, with particularly with the sort of, you know, the fog and, you know, which is very prevalent around the area where I, I live. And that seemed to really and the poetically sort of, and the, the dampness, yeah. And just that seemed to really you know, reflect that sort of inner, that inner feeling when you are, you know, bat battling depression or, you know, suicidal ideation or those sorts of things. And um, and then I sort of, yeah, just really over the course of the piece, you know, like, for instance, when you sort of hit the choir and suddenly they're in the dirt, they're in the bush, they're, they're connected to the world, all of us, to their place in the cycle of things and something can sort of let go there a little bit. Um, 
And so I was trying to sort of open up those sorts of ideas and thoughts as well in, in the process, yeah. Well, you certainly did. The other thing is that you've got um, a lovely uh, group of uh, support actors. Um, so you run in good company. So John Waters, Robert Menzies, um, Helen Thompson, all these people who, who uh, do a fabulous yeah. job uh, holding the whole pe the jewel in its case. Yeah, it's fabulous. Oh, yeah. I was I was just beyond blessed on that front, you know. Uh, and, you know, just people like Rob and, and, and you know, and, and Helen is just extraordinary and in this extraordinary place in her career at the minute. <laughs> like, she's just firing on all cylinders. And Deirdre Rubenstein, who played, uh, you know, opposite Rob and, you put these, you know, the camera on these faces, these extraordinary actors, and they're all people who I look up to. And 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 Reese Mitchell, who sort of came from a comedy background, you know, who who He's played fantastic. Steve. He's fantastic. He's just ex unbelievable. Extraordinary, extraordinary. And then he sort of, you know, and and you know, he sets the tone of the whole film, and he carries this haunted. Um, you know, vulnerable, but you sort of still alive. Something in there still alive, and but you can't process what's happening, and you're wishing things were different. And you know, so you know, and he, his background's comedy. You know, so oh he's God. come along and delivered delivered that, and and then all these people who just came to help. You know, really, uh, I mean, they, they just came to help. And that was uh, my conversation with uh, writer-director Mark Leonard Winter. And the film is The Rooster. It is an extraordinary film. And it's going to be shown on uh, at the Lido Thursday, the 22nd of February. There will be a season, 6.30pm, there's going to be a Q&A. But if you're in Geelong, also the uh, Pivotonian Cinema in Geelong, the 23rd of February, Friday, 7pm, there's going to be a Q&A with Mark as well. Watch out for this film. It is an extraordinary uh, piece of uh, filmmaking. It's uh, got Hugo Weaving in it and uh, Phoenix, uh, what's his surname? Uh, Ray. And uh, it's backed up by a, a whole range of other great actors. Uh, worth seeing. Fantastic film. Uh, coming up next is Published or Not, and we'll go out with Dancing on the Edge.
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.